Dr. John Boffer, welcome back. Good morning, Paul. John, what is the current situation now? Congress is calling for a lockdown. Why isn't the Territory Government, looking at the numbers here in Central Australia, Congress has likened them to the figures in in Sydney because of our population and the numbers who are receiving treatment. Just how bad is it here? Well, look, I think it's getting out of control in the Aboriginal population in Central Australia. It's getting worse by the day. And Monday, yesterday, was our worst day. We had over 70 positive people diagnosed at Congress clinics. That doesn't count. The people diagnosed in ED was at least another 10. Doesn't count the people CDC diagnosed and doesn't count the people who did their own declaration with their own rat test online. So um, that's significant. Hospitalisations up at 78. 78 hospitalisations for a population of 220,000 is the equivalent of 2,800 hospitalisations in New South Wales, which is what New South Wales is sitting at. So we're on a par with New South Wales in terms of hospitalisations and we're seeing... Um, although there may be, there is a decline in cases in the non-Aboriginal community in Darwin and, and perhaps here there's not really great visibility on that data, it's certainly going up in the Aboriginal population in at-risk communities and in at-risk people and that's a major concern. We're seeing hospitalisations go up, people on oxygen go up, people in ICU go up. So, But I think I don't want people to throw their hands up in the air and say, oh, this is devastating, it's all too hard. There is one easy fix for this and it is to get that third dose. The third dose of vaccine is incredibly effective, and it is the way, the the chief way to get out of this, as well as wearing masks properly. And wearing masks to start with, but wearing them properly, um, that that really makes, you know, that reduces transmission by just under 90% if people, if everyone's wearing masks. So we can control this, but it's difficult, or if, if not impossible, if you've got one person in a house of 20 people, if you don't do something to move that person out of that house, it'll spread through that house and most people or many people will become infected. We went to one large town camp yesterday for the first time. There's been no one positive in this town camp, but we were following up a primary contact. We went to one house of 11 people, 10 tested positive out of 11. We went to a neighbouring house of 20 people and four tested positive. So we only did three houses in that town camp and haven't had time to do the others. But we're not, there's a lot of people that need to be tested still before we even get a handle on how much COVID is out there. So testing is a major issue. And unfortunately, this has happened at the same time as Trago Avenue has just been closed as a testing facility. People now are meant to go to Bar Street other than coming to Congress to get tested. Lack of testing is one of our primary problems at the moment. The Northern Territory Government did purchase rats early and it's commendable that they've been offering the rats through the airport for people coming back from interstate free of charge. That isn't something that other states did as well as the NT, but the control, because of lack of numbers and lack of supply, there's not rats freely available in the community and um, for people to be able to test themselves when they put themselves at risk. And I think when people turn up now to Bath Street, it's not clear that they are testing people versus... I had We've had people contact us yesterday who went to Bath Street thinking they would get tested and they were given a rat to test themselves. And then they go home, test positive, and then they ring in Congress. So it's back all on us to do the referrals, to get all the work done for the positive cases. So I think um, I think we have got a major issue with getting better access to testing on top of the fact that we've still got 10 remote clinics closed across Central Australia. In those communities, access to testing is very difficult if you haven't got your local clinic open. 
So we, we're not yet on top of the extent of the spread across Central Australia. We've now got the first few cases in Mutajulu, and unfortunately those three cases were part of a SOE event with 150 people. Um, we had cases yesterday diagnosed who've been in a funeral in Tea Tree last Friday um, at a ceremony in Tea Tree. Um, we've got cases in the Utopia, um, the Oyara area. Maybe that's spreading to Lake Nash. Um, you know, you've got to be doing testing to know. We've got cases in Yundamu, Yulamu. It's all around us. And I don't think we're on top of the full extent of the spread because of lack of access to suitable tests. So we've got to combine a range of measures to get on top of this. And unfortunately, we don't have the data systems yet to give good, accurate, granular data, if you like, about what's happening with new case numbers, where they are, um, Central Australia, separate to the top end. All that is really important in working out differential responses and the need for what needs to happen. John, in remote communities in particular, has the education and is ongoing education in those remote communities enough? I mean, are people responding as they should be or are they still holding back and, and choosing not to get a vaccine? Oh, no, a lot of people are getting vaccinated. We've got very, we're, we're, you know, we're getting really good levels of vaccination now. Um, we've got, you know, one remote community above 95% double dose, another sitting on 90% double dose. We've, you know, got booster numbers in some remote communities at 50%. And we've got children 5 to 11 at 50% in some remote communities. Booster numbers are not that good in town, but amongst older people, people over 70, it's above 50% already. And Yundamu has seen a big increase in vaccination since the outbreak. So we're seeing vaccination rates um, rise everywhere. But with Omicron, we need what's called vaccination plus. Vaccination alone is not enough. Many people are now seeing double vaccinated people get infected. And unfortunately, some double vaccinated people are getting seriously ill. It's worth remembering that the, the second tragic death in the Northern Churchy, the woman from Bagot, she was double vaccinated and had Omicron and still succumb. So vaccination is vital, but we need that third dose. Two doses is not enough. And it's, it's really important that people get in and get that booster now um, and not just the, the two doses. John, uh, looking at overcrowding, I mean, you mentioned 20 people in one house. How is Congress dealing with that? I mean, what is the process once someone has been identified as positive and they're living in overcrowded conditions? What happens? What we should be doing is taking that person out and sending them to CNR or the Todd. When that doesn't happen, the workload per house is enormous. You've got to go back. You've got to try and get that person to isolate somehow away from the others. Um, you've got to test the other people in the house because they're all primary contacts. Not all of them, but most of them are going to have been in that house for more than four hours a day with the positive person. So you've got to try and keep them away from the positive person. Everyone has to wear masks inside the house and they've got hopefully be high-quality masks. Um, you've got to get compliance with that and you've got to test the other people in the house regularly to see who else becomes infected. That's, that has to be repeated for every house where there's a positive case. Now, if you think about 70 or in town, 53 people yesterday, 25 were in town houses and 28 were in town camps and a lot of those are in overcrowded households and you imagine you've got to do that in every household, that it becomes a, a need for an overwhelmingly large rapid response workforce, which we haven't got. Congress is doing all this ourselves without support from CDC, and this is CDC's role. This is the government's role. We should be focusing on vaccination and testing, but we're doing 
contact tracing and supporting people in isolation. And we're doing the whole gamut of everything, which is why we've got to reset what's going on here. This is why we need a lockdown and time to then talk talk about a plan that's Omicron specific and that it's not going and it's going to have the resources we need to control this and get on top of it. I think it's all doable and vaccination is key and getting people boosted is key, but so is how we manage COVID at home and, and how we manage people who can't suitably isolate at home. That, that's key as well, and we're just not getting that right at the moment. If Congress is going above and beyond uh, what it should be doing, if Congress is going to stem the flow, so to say, going in, into the future and particularly over the next few weeks with school going back. I mean, should the government and the CDC be doing more in, in the other area, uh, allowing Congress to do what, what it needs to do? Look, I think certainly no, none of us can do this on our own. We've got to work in partnership. And so we do need a, a major boost to our workforce to help with contact tracing. And, or else we, I mean, the preferred option is that we support CDC to do this, whereas what's happened is it's all been shifted to the primary healthcare system, to us. So we need to get this right. We need more of a workforce working on this. And I think we do need the support of the Commonwealth and, and maybe even the military to get on top of the logistics of moving people into isolation facilities from overcrowded, unsuitable houses. There are a significant number of people as well that have houses in which they can isolate at home. And so that's something we're supporting. But when they don't have a suitable house, we've got to move them quickly, within hours, not days later. And that's a logistically, that is a logistic exercise, which a significant challenge. And if we need the support of the Commonwealth and the military, we need to ask for it. And we think at this stage we do need that support because we haven't been able to get on top of this with the resources we've got. John, uh, as I mentioned earlier, school going back uh, in two weeks' time. Can we expect another big wave? Look, I think the key message for parents is to make sure they're boosted. That's the single most important thing they can do to protect their children and to keep our schools open. More so, we obviously want children vaccinated, but children get infected from adults and they get infected in their households and they take it to school. If the households are safer because all the parents and adults in the house have been boosted, that protects our kids. So parents have got to get boosted. We've got to get children wearing masks. There's been... Um, a look at ventilation in schools and a range of things. But if we don't get on top of what's happening with the rising daily cases here in Alice Springs, then we may have to reconsider um, whether we do have to delay school opening, at least for the younger children. The older kids, you know, year 10, year 11, 12, they've got to get back. They can wear masks. They've all been eligible for vaccination for quite a long time. So, and, you know, classrooms, sizes, ventilation, those things can happen. But for the younger kids... There may have to be further consideration of a delay if we can't get on top of what's going on right now. Do they need to reopen that Traeger Park testing area? They need to make it very clear that Bar Street will test people and not just hand out rats. And we need to look at what the queues are like because when Bar Street was the only place where you could line up to get rats, the, the queues were huge. We don't want queues like that. We can't afford to see more queues of people lining up um, so if, if the Bar Street facility is overwhelmed, we absolutely need to have greater capacity in Traeger, Traeger Avenue or some other facility needs to be reopened um, for, to ensure we've got adequate testing happening to identify cases. If you don't test, you don't find, um, obviously. And we, but we, we want to know 
where cases are. And so as soon as anyone's got symptoms, they've got to get tested. If they've been pinged, if you like, been told they're in an exposure site, they've got to monitor for symptoms. If they've been a, told they're a close contact or a primary contact, they need to, to get themselves tested. The Aboriginal people can do that through Congress, through our Gap Road Clinic and our Respiratory Clinic. But for mainstream, for, for other alternatives, it's Bath Street at the moment, and we're yet to see whether that's going to be um, able to meet the demand. There's been a lot of concern, obviously, with mob travelling out of a community that has infections on back roads. Uh, again, you know, education. I mean, uh, what more needs to be done? And does there need to be more policing of communities to ensure people aren't getting out when they should be staying at home? Well, look, all over the country, until governments implemented lockdowns, people kept going about their business. Um, I mean, you saw Sydney, you know, the Bondi Beach situation. I mean, when they had Delta spreading, people were going everywhere. It wasn't until the government um, implemented a lockdown and said, this is it, times come, then people stop moving. So people move, if they're allowed to move, people will keep moving. And some, a lot of people will, will, some people will stay home and do the right thing and restrict their movement and work from home, but a lot of other people won't. And they won't restrict their movement adequately until there is a lockdown. And unfortunately, there's way too much movement in Central Australia between Alice Springs and remote communities and between remote communities, people are still moving around. Even positive people who should be isolating at home are not always there. Visitors are going in and out of houses where there's isolation happening of positive people. There's big signs out the front saying, you know, this is a COVID isolation house, do not enter, but visitors are still going in and out. So we've got far too much movement happening at the moment. And I think um, the lockout is not effectively enough reducing movement. Um, and I think this is why and we're, we're not ahead of the game. We're, we've got a lot of, I think we've got a lot of case filing to do and we've got to work out the true extent of where we're at here in Central Australia. And this is why we think we need a circuit breaker. We need a lockdown. But when we say that, people who want to travel interstate won't be prevented from doing that if they're double vaccinated. Um, and so, and well, they can travel interstate, they're unvaccinated as well. But when they come back, they've got to do 14 days mandatory supervised quarantine and that will have to be at CNR. So this, what we need the lockdown for is to restrict movement within Central Australia. Not if people want to leave, they can. But, but we've got to restrict movement more than we have until we get a, a real handle on the extent of spread and until we get the surge workforce that we need to get on top of what's going on. Dr John Boffer, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul.